Welcome to Forever Exiled. I'm Justin AK Tags. Tyler Recker of Days. And we are joined by Shaq Central. Thanks for joining hey us, guys, man. How you doing? I appreciate the invite. It's always good to hang out with you folks. Yeah, it's fun. It's a non-interview episode too, which we haven't done with you yet. So that's fun. Very fancy. Now we get to just chat. Yeah. Talk. It's kind of nice. About stuff. Episode 155, Forever Exiled. We are recording this a little bit early for Tyler and I because I'm leaving in a couple days. So... Yeah, this, uh, this is going to be fun. A good time. Big shout out to our patrons. If there were some through this week, sorry, but we recorded literally two days ago. So uh, we'll shout you out <laughs> in the next one. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody who supports the podcast. You guys are awesome. If you're curious what our Patreon is, it gets you access to After Dark, which is our podcast after the podcast, where we just talk more unscripted. I mean, we're not scripted anyway. Yeah, but it's no, just but a it's lot fun, less, less scripted. Yeah, that's your just line something now, you can build up and just kind of, you know. Yeah. Just a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. All right, Shaq, how you been? How's your week been? How's your how's life? It's it's been good. It's I'm kind of in the stage of like everything's is, is like tiring, but in a really fun way because uh, you know with like new job and we've got just just kind of a lot of family stuff. You know that kind of happens when you have kids, so everything's always kind of in a constant state of development and and like controlled chaos. At least I hope it's controlled, but it's it's been really good. It's challenging, but you know settling into new job, kind of new stream focus even and it's a lot but in a good way so what what is the job what's the new job so i've moved kind of laterally into game development um which is kind of a weird thing to say because what i'm doing is not anything related to like how the game operates or anything but i am now uh the community manager for golf plus which is a vr golf game it's the vr golf game um it is just an incredible an incredible game i first heard about it through a friend um, who was telling me that he had been kind of preparing or practicing for the new golf season, like in VR during the winter. And I looked into it and and got really into it and then saw it in a, like a, there's a, there's a, a discord server called work with Indies that I'd been using to kind of look through. And I'd been working toward kind of a couple different potential roles in the game dev space. And that one became available. And I read through the description and it looked like it was just written for me. Like it looked like it was written right to me. So I applied and, turned out really well were you playing that that game on stream like you did a golf game but i don't know if it was vr was it yeah yeah so i've i've okay so there was one night that i played just like the i think it was like 2k21 using a controller um through steam right. so i played that like one night and it was i think just a couple weeks later that i got really into golf plus and conveniently i haven't i haven't felt the urge to to fire that one up even a little bit since then <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's cool, man. So community manager. So you're running all the, are you doing the social stuff for them? So not actually, not really. Um, they're, they're hiring a lot. We're, we're, we're growing really fast. So, uh, they're, they're looking for, they have more dedicated people for the, the social media kind of management side. Um, for me, it's a lot of, uh, it's the discord server. That was a big piece of, of why I got the job was sort of my history with, with discord and, uh, we have a we have a really big Discord server, kind of a bigger Facebook group, and then it's also helping run like some of their community programs. Like as it grows, it's been sort of exponential. It's been getting really big. So uh, we're I'm setting up kind of the programs to bring in kind of like community people to help help moderate. We're we're looking into like uh, programs for content creators, things like that. Just all of that kind of driving more community engagement is really my focus. A little less marketing. So hmm, that's cool. cool. That's yeah. cool. How long you been doing it now? Just finished uh, week three, so uh, it's oh, we're you're a you're a newborn pup. 
I'm very yeah fresh faced and, and wide eyed. It's it's been it's been a, a ride. Like I said, they're they're in kind of a, a huge hiring push. So I think even just in the last three weeks, I think I'm now like the fifth most recent employee or something like that. So wow, it's growing rapidly, which is really cool to see people kind of coming on board and joining the team. And that type of work That's- is all remote. Yeah, as yeah. a matter of fact, I'm in my office, which is amazing. That's uh, awesome. I originally had set up, so like this was my stream setup, and back there on it, that's why there's kind of a mess there is just in the last two days, I had moved, I had the whole, my monitors for work and stuff were there. And as I was moving the room around, I realized I had just enough space to kind of make this into one big battle station. So now I've just got like this bank of monitors and just all work from home, which again, with, with, the kids that we have and our situation from schooling to foster care and stuff has made it really nice. So that's, it's kind of great to be able to do with that awesome. on remote. That is, that's that is awesome. really cool. I was going to ask you about that. Does the, your new schedule really accommodate uh, your family life? Yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy good. Um, I'm not really, uh, the old schedule wasn't bad. Like I worked, we, we live really close to the place that I worked. And so the, I didn't really have a commute before much of one. It was a couple minutes at most. Um, so that part was kind of whatever, but just the fact that right away they were like, you know, if, if we've got a doctor point, if you got anything going on, like it's kind of that very flexible, particularly with what I do, because I, you have like a, a few core hours during the day that are kind of focused with the whole team. But since we're spread out through the country and kind of internationally to a certain extent, a lot of what I do is, is kind of time independent. Like when people need help in the discord, it's a, it's kind of a, not like constantly on the call or on not like constantly on call, but I'm always kind of monitoring the discord because people need help at all hours. People, you know, we have different events getting set up like yesterday morning was a big push, even though it was a Saturday because we have our big tournament season being kind of unveiled on Monday. So the schedule is great. Oh, right on. That's awesome. Well, congrats. That's really exciting. Thank you. Really exciting. I I don't think there's any point in talking about our week. Is there (laughs) It was the no, same. No. Yeah. Well, here, so people, we like Justin and I normally record on Fridays and then the episode releases on Sundays. Uh, today's the day that 154 is getting released and we're recording 155. And that's just because Justin's an idiot when he schedules his Vegas trips. He doesn't prioritize Forever Exile. Actually, he always does. It's the one time. And it honestly, it was only because he forgot. We are kind of funny like that. We love recording on time so much that we try and schedule our vacations <laughs> around recording. Works. So works. I'm just giving Justin a pretend hard time. But yeah, so we're actually having to record two days after. So next week is going to be the two week review of stuff. What are you doing but, this week, Ty? How about that instead? Oh, wow. Wonderful. Um, I don't know. No? Normal life, school, chores, <laughs> push-ups, obviously. One hand, <laughs> left hand, probably. Yeah. So, of course, got to get that. I haven't bicep done push ups since day. like I can't, high school. How many man. do you think you could do right now? <laughs> now? Not one. Yeah. No, my neck would break. <laughs> what if somebody wait, held your wait, head? Wait, what does your push up form look like? <laughs> yeah, what, what's push up form is fine. I just can't get off the floor. My neck would snap. <laughs> what if I supported your head? Like no, if I, if no. I held your head, it then, would could break you? before I pushed. Mm. My, you, can't, you can't touch my neck. I need like signs all over the place. I need to just wear a neck brace just so that people know mm. that I have like. You know, baby on problems. Kind of bit. Yeah. Hmm. And just you're taking off tomorrow morning? Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, I'm out of here and I'll be coming back the day that this episode comes out. Sweet. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, like work related or vacation? 100% vacation. Nice. uh, We're going for my 40th. So, 70% vacation because he brings work with him. I'm trying not to. That's fair. Yeah. I'm going to try not to work, but we'll see how it goes. 
yeah it's a it's a great escape (laughs) Shaq how's um like kind of getting into poe how's your like you what the last time we i mean we talk often but the last time we had you on the show was i actually i forget the episode number but it was quite a while ago and it was like right after you went from not not in terms of effort but you went from being a more casual streamer to really taking off in popularity you just started getting more into youtube videos your numbers started skyrocketing and like Two seconds after that, your partner, your this, your that with Twitch, yeah. like everything started going really, really just skyrocketing for you. So now, though, you have a little bit different, not necessarily priorities, but uh, like your broadcast is a little bit different now that you have your new yep. job and all that. How's your POE brand been with your new job? Is it something yeah. that you're nervous about? Are you able to keep it up? Yeah, I was really nervous about it at the start because so many people reached out. That was kind of the cycle was when I when I. And, announced that the new job was was happening almost everyone it was a universal like congratulations what does this mean for poe which is you know you kind of expect and you know i had intended to keep streaming i haven't i haven't stopped streaming and i don't have any intentions of stopping um but i realized really quickly that I, i i would actually say i think changing priorities is kind of a a good way to put it because i didn't really treat streaming like it it took off i think largely because what I did was something that not a lot of people do, which is, you know, really, really hardcore cater to new players. Um, I mean, you 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 also know that from from your guides. It's kind of focusing more on people that don't get focused on as, as often in, in kind of guide work and, and help. So for me, that was like my professional outlet. I, I knew that I wanted to, th- this was kind of the space that I wanted to be in game dev anyways. I really like engaging with the community. I really like what I had done in my own discord and as that grew, I realized with the the both watching sort of how Bex Bex is a huge inspiration to me. I think she is to a lot of people, whether or not they want to be a community manager or not. But uh, just seeing the way that the way that she worked and, and a few other community managers like Victoria Tran for the Among Us game. And that became something to me that was really clear I wanted to do. And so for a while, my Wee content became pretty much almost like, an I don't know, maybe maybe an audition is a weird way to put it, but. I was treating it more as a professional sort of hobby. Professional hobby is a weird phrase, but no, no, that I, makes I, sense. I went really, really specific and organized into what I was doing. Um, so I half my streams were just spreadsheets and POB and guide writing. Like I think I probably spent under 50% of my stream time actually playing the game because it was all <laughs> making guides. And I realized that that's just not, this is not something like now my professional outlet is golf plus in that community. So from a dedicated, like, you know, very professional level output. That that is my my thing now. So that freed POE up to for the first time in years become like my creative outlet. So that was something that was kind of missing was I've gone probably three or four leagues since I haven't played one of the builds I've been working on for a guide. Like it's always I would go to play a new build that I, I would see a new item or something cool that I even found on the ground. I'd be like, oh I can play this build. And then as soon as I would start to think about that build, I'd be like I can't do that. Like I got to get these guides done. I got to push this stuff out. So this league was way different. I found uh, right after I kind of made this announcement too. It's, it's like a link thing in my, in my Twitch of just a summary that I'm basically going to take a step back from being so focused on guides and just play what interests me because now it's a, it's a creative thing for me. So I found a, the best item I've ever found a couple weeks ago on the ground. I picked an amulet up. I ID'd it and it had 80 life plus one fizz gems and plus one all skills which oh, is as a draw ludicrous. It's like winning a lottery. 
that, so yeah, I that's better than actually crafting something better. Like to find right. that, yeah. that's epic. It's, it's hard to make on a on a great day with an unlimited budget. So I found that, and I had planned to use that in the one f- physical build that I was working on. And then I was just like, you know what? Poison Blade Vortex is one of my all time favorite builds, and they just reworked Trickster. So that's all I've done lately. I've just been playing Poison BV Trickster, and it feels like 2018 again when I was just like I had no audience i was just playing whatever was interesting to me it was really fun but now there's a whole group of us that are really enjoying that whole process i got Izaro to draw i'm in like a private league so it's kind of pseudo ssf and i was doing merc lab and he dropped a cosprey's body armor which is like made for it so it just all of those moments that were just really fun before are now just to that next level because now it's me having fun with people that i have yep. come to know and are engaged with and it's just it's been a really fun atmosphere that's are really you, cool. Are you playing that Blade Vortex one yet, or is that a plan? Yeah, so I've been leveling it. The, the one thing I've noticed is that my the speed at which I level has, not like in-game, but the, the amount of playtime I have has gone way down. Sure. So uh, I've been playing it on stream. It's, it feels weird to say I've been playing it on stream for like the last three or four streams, but we're only level 75 or something like that, because it just takes, it takes a while to get through. But yeah, that's what I've been playing uh, on stream quite a bit recently. So that... That cosprey's dropped, everybody freaked out. Then I six socketed <laughs> it in like a hundred jewelers and everybody freaked out again. And then I six linked it in sixty fusings and everyone's like, I hate you. It's the best thing that's ever happened. For listening, everybody. Yeah, this has been that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Shaq. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was super fun. What did you what did you start the league with? Uh I started with Shield Crush. So that was the that was the build when I was working on my guide series really hard that kind of interested me the most was like an impale shield crush it had felt really good when i played it before in ssf which kind of surprised me and with slayer the aoe is like so much more than you think like you see melee at the melee tag and shield crush and you just think close range and then it's clearing like three quarters of a screen in like one one hit so that turned out to be really fun i still really enjoy that character i'm hoping to go back and play it again and yeah that was, was a good league start was there anything about 319 and like a Calandra or anything that made you go the Shield Crush way or were you just going to do that? I would say more than more than specifically like Shield Crush was my number one where I, I had told people like unless I see the patch notes like really change something I was hoping to go there. But a lot of it was the, I, I didn't want to start Cold Dot again. So that was more of just like a, I don't want to do that just because I'm I'm bored of it. It's still a really great starter, but I'm bored of it because I've done it for two and a half years and yeah, nothing really changed, and I was like, "All right, let's give it a try. Let's see how this goes." And man, it was really good. You hmm. still doing guides as fervently as you were doing? Because that's probably mm-hmm. the most time-consuming yeah. part of everything. That probably had to have a bit of a sacrifice. My guess, uh, with yeah, your that's new position. Like, the guide part of it is where I've kind of just told people, like, it's just kind of up in the air right now. I'm not saying I'm not going to ever update guides or make new guides, but I'm not. That's not my like main focus. So. I'm thinking more in terms of like when I find a build that I think is really fun and interesting, maybe I'll make a guide for it or a showcase of it or something like that. Like I'm not planning on stopping the sort of content process. It's just, yeah, making, making a guide the way that I make them takes legitimately dozens, if not hundreds of hours. When you get done with all the templating, all the stuff that goes into my, I think my POE my, or my notes section in the POB is multiple thousands of words for each guide. And it's just, it takes so much time. Yeah. So Thought those really there, because you, you like when you're doing it for new players, you're trying to explain the absolute basics and not yep. assume anything. Yep. And that that takes a lot. 
It takes yeah, a I, lot of effort, and that's always going to be no matter what GGG changes, no matter when the game information they provide. When you want to play, make something for a new player, it's very time consuming, and not as a complaint, but that's you have to prioritize no, just, your time, right? Yeah, it's just how complex everything. I, I think there's a lot of debate in the player community about how complex the end game can be in terms of all the systems you need to know. But I think it really goes under the radar how complex literally Act One is. I mean, when we we spent a long time the last time i overhauled my cold dot guide like basically just putting the pob together in a different way we spent almost two straight streams just in the pob notes section then we got to the end and i was like i'm really happy with this everybody was giving me feedback saying this looks really clean as a new player i think this is really clear and so i put it out and the very first feedback i got on it was someone who i just put in the section i said you know well you're leveling vitality and clarity are now offered to all classes so it's a really helpful thing to keep your, your you know your life and mana up and I had someone who was like, well, your guide is broken because I can't equip Vitality because I don't have enough strength. And I was just like, <laughs> I, like it's a, one of those things where you're like, the initial thing is like disbelief. I'm like, somebody's got to be trolling me. And then you're like, you can't figure this out on your own. And then I got to take a step back with like everything that I do and be like, no, that's not very clear. Like you, the whole, the yeah. way that, the way that strength works, the colors are very confusing to new people. So I had to go add a little section there to, you know, mm. look for attributes. And is, uh, vortex uh quest reward yet <laughs> I, 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 I may experience a long and successful career in game dev and retire and still have vortex not be a quest reward it's uh how do you have to get it then do you have to wait till siosa you have to you have to kill you you can't skip him you have to kill gravisius and then yeah. go buy it from uh oh, okay. clarissa in act three so Gravi you, gravisius you is a really cool one though like there's a lot of cool skills for that optional yeah. boss it's that's yeah. almost mandatory so, yeah there's a lot that's like tied behind him but like for for instance just for instance for like from the point of view of speedrunners or anyone who's trying to get through quickly he is he is optional and i feel like a lot of people really don't internalize that very much he is completely optional but yeah it's it, there are a lot of skills that become unlocked after you kill him and but the, the other thing is they all cost now they have a cost attached to them. And the cost for most of them is a chance orb, which has become more common to have recently. But for a long time, it was not uncommon to do a practice run and get to Grusis and have zero chance orbs. So you couldn't get Vortex. And even if you had one or two at level 31, when you get your some of your best supports like Swift Affliction, Hypothermia, all that, they also cost chance orbs. So you have to go and do the library and then you just basically get to pick which skills you don't have for a while. So that's my long-term mission, but no success yet. Where would it make sense for it to be available to you? So when you kill Gravisius, you do get offered a list. It's just straight up not in the list. Like you get offered Ray's Spectre and all these other level 28 gems from Marim Marimoa. And just Vortex just literally isn't on the list, which just doesn't even make sense to me. Does It'd Act 3 make sense for Vortex? Like having to so. wait until Act 3? I think so, because you do get at, at level 12... Creeping Frost and Wintertide Brand are both offered. So, and and then at 16, you get Cold Snap. So three of the four, depending on if you count Siphoning Trap, uh, three of the four or or three of the five uh, Cold Dot skills are available by like mid-act mid -act two. So you can like play this kind of cobbled together. You can't, it would be multiple buttons because you can't just put any of those ones on left click because they're not instant. So that's the only piece where like it, it starts to feel a lot better quality of life with Vortex at 28, which is okay to me. I think that if I actually kind of feel like 24 to 31, those gems have become available, that's when you should start seeing the quality of life stuff. And I think a lot of the damaging skills should move early on. 
um, because that's when you can kind of start putting together four links and make things that feel a lot better. So I don't mind Vortex being a 28. I just wish you got offered it mm-hmm. as if it was like on the same level as the other 28 skills. Plus, its cooldown is nice and slow. Well, not nice and slow, but it's it's a lot slower at level yeah. one than it is at level 20, right? That was one of the big changes they made to about four, what, four or five leagues ago? Yeah, and you can't, you also don't have nearly as much access early on to cooldown reduction. So even if you get it right then and start using it, like you can't place the vortexes close to each other as you walk. Um, so there's always like a, a pretty sizable gap. So even then, it's not something that would be, I just don't, I don't know. I don't think it's I don't think it's problematic in any way to to oh, offer cool. it. We just uh, don't get it. So I'm going to keep sending them my meme each league of I think it's I think it's the Bernie Sanders meme I typically send out. It's like all I'm asking. I'm once again asking for Vortex to be available to the witch. I'll keep doing it. Good. Good for you. Yeah. Just the uh, witch. Yeah, I mean, so it's a pure it's a pure blue gem. I could see Templar getting offered it or even Templar in um, Shadow. But at the very least, the the witch should get it. I'm not sure. Yeah, those are also the strength, intelligence, and dex intelligence class. So maybe all three of them, but definitely the witch. Just question for you, but feel free to jump in any any time, Shaq. Um, any new build or what's a good way to put this? Have there been any builds that you've found that are good for this like new version of PoE that we're playing? Like all the different changes that have come about. Arch Nemesis is here to stay and is constantly getting tweaked. Is there like a new kind of meta or arc is it archetype or archetype archetype i think yeah i've I've mostly heard archetype i feel like that makes the most sense all right uh i don't pay attention to build so i don't really know what's the sort of the meta i would go into poe ninja to figure it out i know rf was big i think we looked at lightning strike was big Uh, i don't know if that's based on because of this league i don't i i don't find that this league introduced anything really new to change up the meta too much um, I think other than just adding lightning conduit, which is massive. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't even touched lightning conduit. I know a buddy of ours played a lightning conduit build, but I maybe, I don't know. Is that also, I mean, it is strong, but it's also been two leagues since we've seen a new skill. So I, I feel like no matter what they came out with, people were going to be yeah, like, that's right. something new. I need something different. Yeah. Hmm. I, I know people were really pushing for new skills. And also I, I will confirm from what I've seen of other people playing it in the end game that I that I know are good players. And I think I have one at like level 40 right now. I'm going to eventually level. It is stupidly fun and it's really it? strong. What's the place? Really, really fun. Uh, basically dropping. So you get to pick what your secondary skill is because all you need is like a strong shock. So um, going off of a week or two since I played it of memory, but like you basically you could pick like Stormbrand, you could pick Orb of Storms, you could pick any of any like supplementary skill. I'm currently using Orb of Storms, which is like in a vacuum, I, I think you could argue is the best option. Uh, it's just that a lot of people prefer to use Stormbrand because they don't want to stand in like in close to melee range. But from years of playing Cold Dot, I don't really care anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like you basically drop Orb of Storms and it itself kills a lot of things. Um, but you put on you can put on a couple different things to it. Let me I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. You can basically you want to prolift your shocks. You want to get the the lightning masteries that like chain lightning skills so that you just make sure that as much of the screen is covered in shocks as possible. And then you click lightning conduit and everything dies. It is obscene. It's some of the fastest boss kills I've ever had in my life. It is really, I'm having a couple, I can't remember off the top. I think Izaro's final phase was borderline instant. Uh, I've had a couple of bosses where like they've gotten out of sync with their voice animations because their, their health went down so fast. This is while leveling. While leveling. Yeah. Wow. 
Yep. It's so completely ridiculous. So what you're saying is play it now because that's well, not didn't it, last. It, wasn't there a bug with it when it first came out? Wasn't it <laughs> already doing got nerfed wrong? once? Yeah. Uh, I think it was the crit chance to it got nerfed or something like that. But man, it is completely insane. It's really fun was, to play. I thought I remember a fix about it, like hitting the same enemy multiple times or something, and it wasn't supposed to. I can't remember. You might, but I, I, you might be I right. I remember a fix yeah. really early on because people were like insta tapping bosses yeah. in end game. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, but yeah, even even up to I want to say like a week and a half, two weeks ago when I last was in playing it, like it's just it's play it this league. It's real fun. How many it's builds really are you fun. playing right now in this league? <sighs> trying to limit it to one right now. I'm trying to just do the poison BD and kind of take that as far as it can go. But the thing was, this whole transition happened during like to my new job happened during the league because I started with them ten days after the league launched. Right. So. At that point, I had already started leveling like I my the build guide like series I was working on was going to be one for every class. So I had already started to various stages to level all of the seven classes up because I wanted to get them to end game to like start testing. them. So I was just if I had a little bit of time, like when I would sit down for dedicated play sessions, I was playing Shield Crush. But if I had like little bits of time or whatever, I would just pop in, either make one of the new characters or just try to push one of those characters like one act forward in the story. So I think in the league, I have probably seven or eight made, but I have like two that I've played and then Lightning Conduit that's like in act six. Dude, that's like a death wish. That's a lot. That's a, yeah, that is a lot. It's a lot. What, yeah. what was the plan? Sorry, you were going to level them all into yeah, what? Yeah, I was so when I kind of took a step back, so I, I had took, taken the cold dot build and I had started working on, we were calling it the class build project where I was trying to take like the level of detail I had for the cold dot build and make a similar build one for every class. Cause I was trying to cover like the new player experience as much as possible. So I wanted the, the goal was to have one build for every class. So, no, so when a new player came in, no matter what class they wanted to pick, there would be a build for them. And then I wanted to cover all the, the damage type. So I had like a like righteous fire for a fire build. We had cold dot. We had uh, at the time it was lightning trap. Might it was probably likely to end up lightning conduit. Um, but just like one at least one damage type. Um, and so we were kind of working through those. That had been something we'd been working on for like six months. So it wasn't like a brand new idea. So we already knew what classes and what builds to level up. Um, I wasn't just like shooting in the dark for him, but I wanted to get them just at least to map so we could start kind of testing out the SSF setups and getting the guides out. So wow. We had a plan. Mm. It's just a lot. Yeah. That geez. is a big, big plan. Good luck. Yeah. Luck. Yeah. Uh, question for the three of us. Uh, does, so Arch Nemesis came into the league last, last, last league, last league. And then of course it's been changed quite a lot again, this league and including drops and stuff. Is this a completely different path of Excel experience for you? Or is it the same? And do you, as a result of that, are you playing it different this or lastly compared to before? Go, Jest. I mean, it's definitely different. It's definitely changed it. Um, I, I don't know if I, if, I don't know if it's for the better or for the worse. There's some things I don't like about it at all, but there's some things that are cool. I think the, I think the concept behind it is awesome. I really like the concept behind Arch Nemesis. I love the idea of there being some sort of visual name and you, you know, know what they do and you can see it and you can figure out how to play it. I just don't think that they did it very well because there's too many of them. There's too much variance. They have way too many effects that one single modifier does. And it's not 
it's 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 not obvious even to somebody who's played forever unless you're on their website reading about it it's just it's not obvious enough to me what they do but i really do like the concept of it i think it definitely leads into poe2 because i think they're if it felt like when i played pat uh, poe2 that there was more clarity till like you're fighting a boss and you get the you know the boss health bar and it felt a little bit more visually clear what was going on and i think arch nemesis could help them do that i just I've said it before, I just feel like there's too much going on with what an Arch Nemesis modifier does. I think it should be wickedly obvious to even somebody who's relatively new what an Arch Nemesis modifier does uh, and how to counter it. I think it's gotten better. It's definitely gotten better, but it's, uh, I don't know if I like it better or worse than before. It's just different. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think like for the majority of your gameplay, like probably 80, 90% of your gameplay, it's going to feel like old PoE where you're just one-shotting the screen as you move through. You're like clearing quickly, you're going through. But the times that stick out in people's minds that they have a negative reaction to is like those five to ten rares a map that like you would normally just plow through a couple leagues ago that now that one rare like sticks around and then you're engaged in like this ridiculously intense fight to the death for like five, ten seconds, which would be fine. But I do agree that the biggest issue I have with it right now is the visual clarity was kind of a stated goal and it's not close like at all um the difficulty is one thing like if they want to, you to have more meaningful engaged fights with rares that's a that's a game design decision that whether i agree with it or not i understand for me personally i can get behind it but i mean if you look i was just noticing as as justin was describing like his his view our discords are set up very similar if you look we we're trying to help people in our discord servers navigate as quickly as possible and the absolute best way to do that is to have some type of emoji or symbol next to the name of something because at a glance you know like i know when i look in your discord and i see someone with a hand raised an emoji that's going to be a help channel in my own discord i literally have a question mark so people know immediately this is where i go to get help <clears throat> and if you look at the like arch nemesis mods the one that sticks out to me as super visually clear is the spinning shield that goes around the the physical arch nemesis there's literally a shield that spins around so i know right away with my shield crush slayer like probably going to be a tougher fight and so many other arch nemesis mods are just absurdly unclear what they do um and there's so there's enough that like unless even me as someone who's probably very high up toward the like whole idea of like a one percent in terms of play time i still there's enough names that don't have a clear visual indicator that i still find myself looking them up all the time like to make sure i know you know what ex yeah. what exactly does the assassin do again what is the you know all that all that stuff so i think that they're i, I can see the vision and i can get behind it but it, it the visual clarity is is awful hmm. what are you talking I'm, well i'm yeah no i appreciate uh we're i'm i'm i think i'm on the exact same page as, as both of you i love the direction love where they're going uh i want to know what the words mean like to me the white text made a lot more sense um and if you add your offense and defensive mods just like you do your white text i know it's more reading but i at least know what it's doing um so i like where they're going and hopefully the visual clarity comes i have actually a thing that uh, if we have time for it, we'll talk about with regards to visual clarity later but yeah I'm, I'm the same like i want the fights to be long but uh i I, I also think that it needs to be, if you want a, a long, uh, here, I guess this is my thing. I love what they're doing, but the game's not ready for it. There's still too much screen clutter, way too many enemies for any type of informative system in text to matter. 
you right now the only way to communicate with a player what's going on in not in a boss battle but in like rares with magic and normal monsters and just crazy screen clutter is if you want people to know what's up it, today it has to be a visual representation because i'm not going to be able to find it, that hover that enemy with my mouse or aim at it with my analog stick when there's 50 enemies on the screen that's not going to help me so but especially I, I, yeah. when they no you go go uh, I was just going to say, especially when they've stated that like one of their positions is we're not allowed to move around. We're not going to have movable UI elements. So we don't even have the option to say like, hey, can I move it? So when enemy nameplates are like over the enemy, it's really close to them. Like since we can't even move it, it's just further punishing. The bigger your monitor gets, the more it punishes yeah. you, which is a whole separate thing with that whole wide monitor sure. thing from this. Do you have too, a wide screen? I don't, but I do have a decent size like monitor. So for me, it's just even just that extra inch or two now i have to go like i have to scan from the enemy up to the very top of the screen and yeah i mean even like the names the visual clarity thing is such a problem because even there's their whole thing was they want you to like feel like the rares are like an engaged battle where you've got to decide how you're gonna you know you've got to basically it's closer to almost like a rogue exile feel but the rogue exiles have a very distinct look to each one of them they have different skills whereas the arch nemesis mobs like if there's one that doesn't die right away i don't know what its mods are until i mouse over it after all of the other trash mobs around are cleared like that's that's when you kind of identified as like you clear the screen you notice there's a yellow enemy that's not dead then you try to run away from it so you don't die to it while you're mousing over it to see what the mods and it's just ridiculous like that's not actual gameplay that's just a desperate attempt to get information yeah, so. I was saying to Tyler a couple episodes, it's tough too because the for me, the way Arch Nemesis works is you struggle with it while you're leveling and eventually you get to a point where you don't even see it. Yeah. And so there's no, unless you take the time as you're leveling and I would hope maybe a new person does, but that's still not very fun to try and mouse over it, to try and figure out what it is, then go online and read. I, it boggled me when they posted the Arch Nemesis modifiers because I was like, why, why would you put yeah. six things to a single modifier? I just don't understand why it shouldn't be one or two that are wickedly obvious by the name. And then that's it. There's You don't need to have all these other things because you are eventually going to get to a point where the game just, you can probably fly through a lot more of the Arch Nemesis modifiers without yep. ever seeing them. Yep. But you haven't learned too much by the time you get there. Yep. To, to understand what did it do or why should I or like the fact that some of them had max resist and increased resist and like I had yeah. I would never have even known that there would be no reason to think that because it wasn't like some sort of ice defender or so I don't know like just right, they, right, they, right. I feel like they could have been better with shortening how many modifiers there were and definitely decreasing how many like 80 is unnecessary in my yeah. opinion it's just way yeah. too many but uh I see where they're going and I'm excited for them maybe to eventually get there. But boy, yeah. did they ever go like just balls deep with Arch Nemesis? Like they, they committed to it and it's clear that's the way they're going. So I'm right. curious to see where the, that takes us. You remember the POE two trailers from b -b 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 back in the day, they had a static or permanent boss health bar yeah. and the permanent stats. Like you didn't have to hover over it. It was just there. That'd be awesome. If they start controlling how many rares are on your screen, that would be awesome if they did that for rares too. Yeah, and you just at they... least know it's within the proximity, maybe just outside your screen, just in, and whenever it's within a radius, all of a sudden you get like that permanent thing. So you you don't have to hover. You can run around like, ah, yo, 
I can't do that one. Yeah. And you run away, but you know, before it's too bad or whatever it is, right? And I think that would actually solve a lot of clarity because at least you're doing a proximity thing. But of course, I mean, then you couldn't have, you know, a thousand rares on the screen. Otherwise you can't see anything. I wonder uh, but, why they don't hey. go with like similar to, go ahead and take your headphones off. If okay. you want. No, no. He's yeah, been I wanna... holding a sweater on his neck for like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I, so my basement's always so cold. And then so mm -hmm. I automatically, I put a hoodie on. It's freaking hot. I have no idea why it's so go hot ahead, down here. So I thought sweating. you were trying to mock up a scarf for yeah, a little I thought it was like I a know, I know. I feel like he was going for. All his neck needed to stay warm, but the rest but no, of his body I didn't want to be rude to anyone. And I didn't want to take my headphones off and miss it. So we'll wait. Don't talk about anything important. Be right back. It was way too entertaining. I thought he was going to tie the sleeves in a knot and turn it into like an ascot. <laughs> and the headphones. Turning it all pretty. Yeah. All right. What I was going to say, because Shaq, you were talking about the UI. And mm -hmm. so I play on an ultra wide, but I I actually play the game. I, I don't use their ultra wide setting because it's awful. And yeah. I play the game in a, like it's a square in the middle of my screen because it was way too hard to track it to yep. see your health and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I don't know why they don't make the arch nemesis modifier similar to the health bar of the monster and just put it right above the monster so that it's visually, or you could turn it on or off or whatever, but let that arch nemesis modifier always be visible above just, the the yellow yeah. or rares or like whatever. Any, any indicator at all. Like even if it's just, you know, this arch nemesis has one modifier that has to do with chaos. So put their little chaos swirl symbol there. Like it doesn't yep. even have to be super obviously explain because that would be a thing that would lead to people understanding if you notice like this this particular arch nemesis monster that i have like sometimes i'll see one with a little chaos symbol and it's not a problem and then sometimes i'll get a chaos symbol it takes me forever to kill it that's when you've because that helps you like narrow down a lot of the confusion that's when people will actually engage with like mm. thinking what is it about this chaos arch nemesis modifier that's a problem for me versus this one where i just blow through it then they'll start to realize like, oh, this is what the difference in some of these modifiers are. But right. when, the, when the only way to tell is to read a word that half the time is three or four syllables while you're trying not to die to die. the monster, you're just never going to know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I love that like heads up stuff that's right above the enemy as well. But imagine that in today's game, like you have two yeah. magic well, they're decreasing mobs. how many rares there are. Yeah, but it's also magic. Yeah, but you don't need it on every single magic mob. If there's a group of... 10 blue magic mobs stick it on one yeah, or just have it as an option one thing that i find really annoying is but i always play with it because i'm always doing like zombies and stuff is i always have the zombie life bar above my my minions and my allies now it looks really bad but i love it and it lets me know what they're weak to if i can ever figure it out it lets me know when at least you know I'm, they're taking damage and i need to skedaddle but there's sometimes where, you know, that that overlays over top of your menus and stuff like that. But if I love having that as an option and sometimes I turn it off and that would be nice if you could have an option to do the same thing for enemies. Hey, have their modifiers um, yeah. on top of them. Uh, one thing that I was thinking about the, just the other day was it would be kind of neat. Now, this would go along with the idea of simplifying the mods so that, you know, I don't know, instead of having mods within mods within mods it would be a lot more plain but so think of think of this um you know that one lightning modifier that has those lightning guys that chase you yeah they mm -hmm. recently nerfed it so it's it's definitely not as terrifying it's a lot more um, yeah. appropriate i would say now and but just as equally terrifying for someone like me but imagine if that instead of the rare monster copying the base type of an enemy that already exists from their database rare monsters 
were a new base type of enemy that was based on the mods that they rolled. So think of that one rare monster, magic monster, that rolled whatever the heck that lightning mod is that spawns those lightning guys. What if there was a monster that looked like that lightning guy running around? All of a sudden, you're like, I know exactly what that is, and I hate you, and you're doing whatever it is to yes. accommodate it, but so, you have that right there. So each Arch Nemesis modifier basically has like a model tied to it as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, it's how fair. you go about putting one or two together, I don't know, but if there was that kind of clarity where you were terrified of this specific mod, but you could see it actually on, not just like as an aura or something but the monster actually looked that specific way i i think that would be a great way to almost nullify the i mean you still want the text there just so that people have the opportunity to be more educated sure. about it but i i that was something that i was thinking about where i thought it would be really cool if there was a way for them to do that don't know if you can do that with 80 but you know maybe i i mean i think there's a non-insignificant number of issues with whether it's Arch Nemesis or other leak things that would be helped if they would actually make a helpful, like the the help button glossary. in game. If the glossary oh, and the help like tutorial, I forget what they call it in game, but when the one that you basically get into town immediately and then turn off uh, on every character, yeah. like the little pop-ups, if, if those would be actually helpful and be able to be looked up, like if you could read an Arch Nemesis modifier and then just go click on the Arch Nemesis chapter and read through what the modifier does, at the very least, bringing that in-game immediately accessible would solve a ton of long-term issues where, I mean, I'm getting to the point where I don't want to, I just, I'm tired of, like, tabbing out. Part of the thing, by the way, with this Poison BV character was that it was completely unplanned. The, the whole deal with making this character was, was not going to do a POB for it, no looking anything up on POE Ninja. If I had something specific that I thought of that I wanted to know, I would go to, like, the wiki and try to find it. But a lot of that was just me even good for you, even knowing a lot of information at, at like just from longevity playing the game. I'm like, I don't want to keep tab. I don't want to hit alt tab more often than I go to my own hideout. Like, it's just crazy how often I, you have to tab out for stuff. So bringing that and in game uh, would be huge. And you go to the path of building church like you're in there quite a lot. So um, good for you, like blind. But I think that's also something that the community needs a lot more of is yeah. blind playthroughs. Because it's it's possible, it's fine. Like you can make a decent builds. They're not min maxed until you have the resources to do it. But it's fantastic. It's a fantastic experience. So good for you. Yeah, I don't know I, if it's a fantastic experience. It, uh, it's it's weird me. because I think it, in some ways for new players conflicts with the arch nemesis thing, where like you're you're hitting now instead of potentially hitting a wall at a boss where you're like, okay, I died to this thing, I've got to fix my build or level a little bit more you may be hitting a wall every zone now where there's just monsters you cannot kill because because of things that you don't know. Not even like you made a bad build, just straight up like you didn't know yeah. certain things and now they're basically unkillable in every zone. So mm -hmm. that may be an issue, but it's it's for someone who has an existing base of knowledge, playing playing through blind with no like pre-built stuff, as long as you're not the type of player who has to crush every single boss in the game or is like trying to speed run to Uber Elder or whatever, it's really fun. What uh, what's your thoughts on Calandra, the current state of PoE and this league, and what do you um, think of it? I'm always accused of being like a GGG shill uh, because Sorry. I'm always like, yeah. So I I'm always I tell people the same thing every league is I'm since I started playing in beta, I'm always having the most fun I've ever had, and it's it's really fun. That being said, more than any other league, I think in the history of PoE, I can 
I can sympathize with some of some of the complaints. Um, I am a I feel slightly I don't know if I'd say let down by the league mechanic. There, there it just doesn't feel very very big. Like I haven't my playtime's been way down this league compared to what I usually would do, but I still feel like even though I haven't necessarily seen everything in the lake, I've like I'm like yeah, okay, I get the whole lake thing is like under control. There's no there's not really a crafting system to learn. Like there's the ring stuff, but it's just picking between two of them or throwing in whatever your best item is. Like everybody's trying to get me to throw that plus two plus two gems necklace into the Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I I I I'm gonna wait and probably At do it like when I'm done with to. the character. Yeah. yeah when I get exactly. to like ninety five <laughs> or whatever, I'll probably do it. But like that's the pinnacle of the lead other than killing stuff, getting better rewards. Like Neversync had a great tweet where he just kind of explained what his process is for running the lakes. And I had this weird dual moment where on the one hand, I was like, this is really cool. And I pulled it up during stream when we were building our own lake the next time. And I was like looking at what he had said from his results and stuff. But then I was realizing like that is the whole league is just trying to figure out which tiles give the best rewards. So on in terms of the Lake of Calandra, I feel slightly let down compared to what I would usually be like Sentinel is incredible uh, yep. or just a league focused heavily on crafting. But um, it still doesn't make the game like less fun for me. Like, I think you have to not enjoy the base of the game itself to really be like, oh, this game isn't for me anymore. And mm -hmm. I just don't think I can get there because I just love the game. So the one nice thing yeah. is even if a league mechanic is kind of meh, the rest of the game still exists. And I so this is well, that's a really good point. I one of the things that I think ramped up my enjoyment of this league is I just changed the way that I was playing right from day one, even before the the, the job stuff happened. This league, I, I'm a big SSF player. I don't really like playing in trade leagues. It's just a personal thing. I don't care if you do. That's I, I don't have a problem with trade league players, but SSF is my thing. And this league, I decided to start in. Uh, there's a group found league that a few streamers that I really like do where they basically just have them and their their communities and they play one about a hundred person group found league. And the whole goal is basically like a one team BPL. Like no one charges for anything. It's just, if I have this and I'm going to use it, I use it. If not, I give it freely to everybody. I've given away six link this leagues. Uh, I've had people give me six links. Uh, just like, it's just what we do. And that part of it completely changed the, you know, how we approach like everything. Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's a small league. So in a lot of ways it is very SSF, but there is like a pool of players that are, there's one guy in our league who he plays more than like anyone I think I've ever seen. And he is just giving away nonstop. It's like, he's just got a completely open door policy. Everything he has, he puts in a, a public trade tab so you can see it on the trade site. And yep. he's just giving away absolutely everything. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just really cool to play in that group. So just by changing up and going from SSF to one little private league, it's completely changed how the, you know, the whole feeling. And so, Next week, I can go back to SSF and feel completely re refreshed again, and it'll be really fun. Hmm. What do you? Uh, what do you, another question for all of us? What What do we absolutely love about? I'm calling it the new POE because I play minions, and so Arch Nemesis plus minions is a very different POE experience. So I keep calling this the new POE. But what's something we love about the current state of the game? I like that I like that you can legitimately build a defensive character in the last I mean this is like from the last you know since Arch Nemesis basically since what 3 316 or 317 it's gone from just every single decision is how can I squeeze out more damage to like building well-rounded defensive characters I get the complaint that 
like certain things feel mandatory, like determination and spell suppression feel mandatory. But people are building people that I streamers that I know of that were for years, like trying to trying to insta face shaper are now like making videos about how their characters are just completely unkillable. They have like the, the most defenses they've ever had. I really like that aspect of POE where I feel like I can make a robust character and it's not super punishing or completely negates my damage. Cool. What about you, Ty? What do you love about Path of Exile right now? You know, it's funny, but the best and worst thing that happened to me and my love of Path of Exile was changing... Uh, I forget what it's called. Unnatural strength on the necromancer. The plus, the plus two. two. Oh, just this one? Okay. That's what I said. Yep. It's, it, it is unfortunate that it happened at the same time at, as also changing minion survivability, but I love the new minion-focused uh, rings and the new convoking ones for, through the leveling process. I forget what they're called. Convening and something else. Yeah. But it is too bad that they reduced health at the same time as doing that because I, I would have liked the gradual. Okay, so now there's no more plus two. Now what's your minion survivability like? Okay, and then you, you know, and sure, include the, the rings and the items and then maybe the next league lower the survivability of them all or the health, right? But I getting rid of that node and changing it has blown my mind because I it's just I'm I'm considering almost every single class for my yep. minion stuff and that's that's it it really has completely changed the game for me it's so funny enough it was that just that one keystone in the necromancer that changed it all i miss it because that was how i guaranteed my minions would stay alive right but yeah i i mean to me the the, the tree still slightly opposite like you definitely want damage on the tree on your vanilla tree before you start getting into other things but my minions have to live first and there's not mm -hmm. enough survivability on the tree for that to happen. They knew that, I think, and they're fine with that because they lowered zombie mana cost by 10. It went from 38 to 28. Like, what other right. skill, a spell that has such a high base mana cost has been decreased by, like, 30%? But, so, yeah. anyway. Um, so, I mean, they already knew that. That's just, you know, me whining and wanting my zombies to be successful no matter what they changed. So, that that's my, uh, my favorite thing so far is the opportunity to without being a moron, consider other classes than the Necro for zombies. Just? Uh, Alice Passive Tree, for sure. Oh, good one too. Oh, it's it's probably guys. my favorite change they've made in such a long time. It's the, the, the accessibility, the ability to change it, how you can really control your mapping experience without the previous struggle of each section having its own you know things that you had to focus on yeah. like what was that three leagues ago where, where the two two or three leagues yeah. ago when they brought in the palace atlas passive tree that to me has been easily my favorite thing about path of exile because i i get so pumped to get to end game now because I, think, I get to start tailoring it i think it's the best change they've ever made to the game flat out i think it's better than ascendancies better than anything they've ever done yep. agreed and it's there's a freedom in building it and changing it which i haven't felt in path of exile in a really long time like uh, Tyler and I talked about this a couple episodes ago. When you build your character, you're kind of careful. Mm -hmm. you're, you really should try yeah. and at least somehow plan out your tree, at least to some degree, or understand the tree pretty well. Whereas the Atlas passive tree is, you can't wreck it too bad. Maybe early on, if you're not careful about getting, you know, increased tiers and connected yeah. maps dropping, but really, it's really difficult to fully screw it up. And it entirely changes the way you map, which is... And, and boss actually for that matter it's just 
it's easily my favorite thing uh, about Path of Exile. It's the one thing I look forward to every single league, regardless of the league mechanic. Yeah. I'm so excited to start getting those points when I get the maps. I feel like between character passive trees and that, it's so it's underrated how big of a difference it is between the two because like when you're building a character it's so easy for people to go in and like i guess this is more of a specific problem of people that have somewhat of like an audience when they play but for people to go in and like pick apart a character and just be like well this is literally just suboptimal to have these passive points and not these passive points versus when i show up like every once in a while probably once a stream someone will ask me like what is your you know what are you doing for a passive tree or an atlas tree and i'll show them and then it's never zero times has been has there been like someone who's like well that's just stupid to take this yeah. over this like we end up having these really fun discussions about well maybe if i go a different way i could path through and pick up harvest for a little bit if i want to do harvest or we could do this i i showed it off last stream and someone just literally was like hey i think we have almost identical trees and it was really cool to talk about like how they're focusing even though our trees are the same they're focusing on something a little bit different than me and just it's never been like i i think it's the least i've ever seen that sort of you know, some of the hate you get between like softcore, hardcore players or just people that want to build different styles in, in uh, when they build characters. It's just such a cool, embraceable by the community concept. It's just so good. It's a hard thing to argue against somebody because it, it actually comes down to preference. Somebody yeah. might want to argue on the build of a, of a character like, well, you didn't optimize this. You could have done this on the Atlas passive. You OK, you don't like it. That's because you want to play something I don't want to play. And yeah. that's what I really love about it. And. As you progress further, I, I think Orb of Amakings are in a great spot for how often you get them. Yeah, the fact that you agreed. can buy them for regrets. It just makes respecing it. It feels fun. Like yeah. I, I can completely switch up how a map's going to work for the next maybe couple days that I want to play this version. And I know I'm not screwed and stuck to it for the rest of the league. It just it's it's easily my favorite thing about Path of Exile right now. The yeah, orb cool. makings are a good point. If they were any rare at all, I think it would feel just be awful. It, would, it would just tank the enjoyability so much. Yep. But it, they're in a really good spot. Yeah, yep. and of yeah, course, like mentioned, good. the inclusion that they only cost two regrets for yep. one, mm -hmm. so yep. you can really stack up quick. I haven't almost ever had to buy them unless I'm doing like a really heavy respec on right. my. I almost always have enough orb of a makings, but the fact that you can buy them is great. But it's one of the drops that I think is in such a good spot them and chisels i just i feel like i'm always yeah. fine with those two currencies i agree on chisels as well from it from like an ssf perspective i never feel like i have an absurd amount like you get with scraps and whetstones but i also never feel like oh man i'm out of chisels i can't do whatever i need to do yeah that's fun for this one feel free this could be the same or it could be different what's your favorite boss fight and what's the best boss fight are we including like campaign, like from Act One all the way through the end game? Anywhere, anywhere. I think the Uber Elder fight is one of the best fights in a video game ever. Uh, I don't know, like not necessarily Uber Uber Elder, but the Uber Elder fight itself is absurdly good. It has such a good like trying to because it divides your attention between not just the two bosses' health, kind of in the way that you get like the Solaris and Lunaris fight. You've got to pay attention to health pools. You've got to pay attention to the degens. You have to pay attention to all these mechanics. But I think that it it's done in a way where it's never like oppressive on your on your attention span. It's like this perfect mix of I have these things to pay attention to. And if I do it, I'm going to be successful. I mean, we've seen people kill the Uber Elder with like basic attack in like a 40 minute fight because you just can manage. You have to manage the ground degens so you don't lose out on your arena. But it's such 
a beautiful it's such a beautiful fight i love everything about that fight i think is borderline perfect designed for like an ar as far as like arpgs go it's perfect cool hmm. want me to go first know, what, what, yeah you got to because okay. i'm thinking um malachi and baron you can mix them up to between favorite and best mm. um i like them for example malachi that's the act four guy right yeah, okay, good. I'm saying the right name. Um, just really good tells. Still very busy, but like you said, I love those boss fights where your success is based on your ability to pay attention and, of course, know the mechanic well. Now, obviously, that's a relatively simple fight, but its tells are good. It's at a great place in the game where it is difficult your first time around, unless, of course, you know what's strong and what's not. But in terms of just a general knowledge of Let's say you're not paying attention to patch notes. You just pick your skill. You're going blind. Like it's in a really good place, but nothing's stupid about it. You can always, except for maybe the swirling circle. I maybe I have to remove it from the list because I don't like the swirling circle. But still, <laughs> but that's it's still a fun fight, and you're never it's a thinking big for how like, small the arena is. I guess mm -hmm. yes, yeah. but there's no surprises that are stupid. Every single time you die in that, you're like, God, like it's something about your fault or you did a risk that you shouldn't have. And to me, Baron is the same way. Uh, Baron is... The tells are so good. There's never surprise damage. And there's even some skills in there that... You, it, it takes... I mean, it only takes one or two deaths to realize what you did wrong. But there's some in there that's like, okay, this is what you have to do for this one. This is what you have to do. But there's also a lot of pros and cons because of the size of that fight mm. in the arena. There's a lot of nice pros and cons to the um different characters and different play styles and how's the baron fight when you're slow like when your damage is slow I, doesn't this wouldn't the arena start to fill up with the blue squares no because they so, they start um they dissipate now depending on the stage yeah. too right um when you fight baron early on or i guess this is the old way i actually don't really know how it is now that they've had this new atlas tree for a couple seasons or leagues my goodness say hey, that just started like a month ago i started calling everything seasons Anyway, um, it used to be that early on, the tiles would disappear and then new ones would show up at the same time. But as you got deeper into the Atlas, new ones would show up before the other ones dissipated and it would be a couple seconds and then they would disappear. So, yeah. but no, it's always just a static amount. It's just random which ones it is. You, and because it also goes in like a, in a perpendicular lines, <clears throat> if you see him raise his staff up to like start gathering them, if you just go in the corner, the top or bottom corner of the arena, the lines will only be in that. Like you'll basically you'll get not necessarily well, less based arena on where you're standing. Yeah, it's ba when he oh, goes okay. to fire it after he like gathers up whatever the energy thing is. When he goes to actually fire it out, it's based on where you are. So if you just dash to the top or bottom, oh, corner, you can just have just them the outsides. pinned to the outside of the hmm. arena. That's cool. I didn't know that. So I like that one because there's also no like <clears throat> off screen stuff. The, the tells are perfect. Absolutely perfect. And the only thing that fight lacks is um, ads or mobs, depending on because GGG has like a lot charges. of on. Yeah. Well, flasks for one and um, just on kill effects as well. Yeah. There's just some stuff. So outside of that, I, I really, really like those two battles. Hmm. You come up with one just. Well, I think I think Shaq's right on the best designed one being Uber Elder, and it's probably actually one of my favorite ones too. There's a lot that are my favorite, but I I think two of their best designed ones, actually maybe the best designed one from a new player perspective, is the Val Oversoul in Act Two. And the reason for it is I remember when I was brand new to the game, 
and this is like way back in closed beta, it was, it was really good to learn. You learned to watch the boss. The boss was going to do a smash on the ground. The boss was going to do a laser and you needed to start to learn to move. Yeah, like yeah. It was one of the first bosses where you actually start to understand that there's some concept of a boss battle in Path of Exile versus mm -hmm. just smash everything. Like Merve is all right, but it's there wasn't anything like super telly. It was just like, hey, here's all my beams of of ice balls at you and don't stand in these bubbling brooks of, right. of death. But the Val Oversol was like the first one that really taught me to pay attention to what is this boss doing? What's their tell? How do I get around fighting it? I mean, it's not so much a thing anymore now that you've played for a really long time, but it, for me, it was a really good one as a new player to start to understand that there's actually something to watch in the game. And uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know... I can't think of too many other bosses that do stuff like that. Like, uh, Katava is great for that kind of stuff, but yeah. sometimes this stuff's too hard to see or he's partly off the screen and you don't know he's about to smash the ground. But there are great tells in that fight as well. They're just not as obvious. The Val Oversoul is very choreographed. You yeah. can hear the noise when he raises his arm. You can hear the noise of the laser beam. Like, I, I like stuff like that. I like feeling like there's a, a an actual boss battle that I'm going through. It reminds me of like, wow, like way back in yeah. the day. It also reminded me, I don't think they get enough credit for, given how old it is, the Ziri fight is a freaking masterpiece. Like mm -hmm. it is, that fight is like seven or eight years old. And a lot of their new stuff, like when we talk about Katava being pretty well telegraphed, Uber Elder, those are all like they're a couple years ago, but not that, not that far. And yep. Ziri was one of the first bosses added in after the base game. And that fight is so stupidly well made. Like it's yep. so good. It's a um, great fight. It doesn't necessarily. I wish the only the only criticism of that fight is just that you have to like learn at some point or be told that there's a reflect element Don't of hit it. The shield. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah there's the like mirror. a reflect element of it. But outside of that, it's perfect. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Everything is everything is choreographed. Everything is consistent. Um, and it just requires a lot of attention and skill. Yep, I agree. Cool. Uh, I have a question. On death effects and ground effects. Tyler and I are not big fans. Tyler has made suggestions to them because that's what Tyler does. He likes to post. What are your Enhance. thoughts on the current state on the current Enhance. state of like on death and ground effects? I know that they've cleaned it up a tiny bit or an upcoming stuff that's going to yeah. do that. What I do you think? I I feel like the only real the only real reason to have them that's even remotely defensible would be if you cannot figure out a way to slow players down while monsters are alive, <clears throat> like they having an effect on the ground after death, having something that is dangerous to the player after death is just you're punishing players for doing what the genre is about, which is killing monsters. You're also punishing them for not just killing monsters, but trying to loot, which is the other half of what the genre is about. Like the entire basis of the ARPG is kill monsters, get loot and on death effects are like, Let's punish you for killing the monster and then let's kill you while you try to get the loot. I I cannot stand them. I, I know that I'm saying this as someone who like plays a lot of dot based skills that do lasting damage over time. So I've <laughs> I've definitely watched bosses die to my poison BV after I was dead. But it's the length of some of them, too. Like if it was a one shot effect where they're, it's very clearly telegraphed, like let's say the uh, is it toxic? I don't know why I was going to say poison. The toxic ones where you kill the enemy and then the balls of the chaos balls like pop out and chase you. If there was a very clearly telegraphed 
projectile or something like that that fired off on a delay, chased you, and then had like a one-time effect where you just got to keep moving, and then when it hits the ground, it's done. That's yeah. completely different to me. That's like a, I know it's going to happen, I just have to keep on my toes for a second. But the fact that it then creates like this pool of <laughs> lasting damage is just like, what? how do you want me to play the game? Like, do you want me to have to kill enemies, then run away so that they're whatever can follow me and then run back to the loot? Because if so, that's just a bad loop. Um, so not not a huge fan either. We're all on the same page. I made a post this week about it and it got a lot of a, red, a lot of Reddit attention. And nice. uh, a lot of people call me an idiot. A lot of people understanding why GGG has it, but they agree with me. A lot of people don't care what GGG thinks. They just want it gone. And so it was, it was cool to read through them all. And, yeah. uh, but we're, yeah, I'm very much on the same page. To me, I'm a fan of, like, for example, the other day I was playing, well, I guess it's actually been a couple of weeks, but it, it still stands out to me quite vividly. I'm playing Elden Ring. Stuff's happening on the screen. There's lots of things happening. I kill the boss. Everything's, I'm safe immediately. Yeah. Yep. Like right off the bat. And I mean, that was all the way back in Dark Souls 1, 2, right? Like you kill Gravelord Nito, all of his skeletons just disappear, right? You you kill a different boss and a spell that they just cast, and then you kill them, doesn't come around to get you, it, it yep. vanishes. And to me, like as soon as I see, now again, different game, as soon as I see you won or you defeated the boss, as soon as in Path of Exile, I see that finally... It was like, oh, and they do their little animation. I'm like, yeah, you know, like I want it to be yeah. exciting. And if you're taking something away from that, sure. Yes, of course. I'm also talking about including in maps, but that's the same thing. Like, that's what you want. They want Arch Nemesis to be this boss fight in the middle of a map almost. Yep. I want to be excited when I beat it, but now I'm not. Now I'm that, like that moment's gone. I'm running around. I'm like, no, 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 no. Then I come back. Justin hates the going back bit, right? He's the fast player. He's the one that likes the momentum and thrives on that a lot more than I do. And it it kills both. Like the slow player like me that's just excited for the loot, but the excitement of, because all my boss battles are long, because that's how I play. But, you know, that's, yeah. So it was the same thing for me. That was kind of what my post was about. I didn't say it. I don't think I said it in a whiny way, but I just said, you know, now that, yeah. um, what's it called? Arch Nemesis is definitely here to stay. Um, you know, is there a way that we can make the boss is more difficult so that people still have to stop and slow the game down and actually interact with the boss fight. But could we do it without on death and after death damage? Do you, do you guys play with like, I know this is a big like dividing line. Do you guys play with the map overlay on like with tab on, do you play with the map over your screen? I used to, mm-hmm. and I try not to anymore because I find, uh, there's already enough stuff to try and watch on the screen. And so I lose the map. Yeah. quite often so i it's way easier for me if i play with it up but i find i i'm not actually really seeing it anymore like i, had, I used to i had a death where i think it was to the um the arch nemesis mob that like summons the totems that do the vortex that's like ridiculous i, I wish we had access to that vortex um but <laughs> i had a map up one time i play with the map overlay on most of the time just because i don't like hitting dead ends and <laughs> that that particular rare ended up being the last monster in the map. So I noticed that I, it said one monster remaining in the corner and I kill it and I see on my screen zero monsters remaining in the map. And I died after that. And I was like, this so is annoying. the worst feeling I can yeah. remember having in POE. Like, yeah. I full cleared the map. Everything's dead. And then I looked away to like, I, I, I don't remember what I was looking at. I looked away and I looked back and I was dead. And I was like that 
should be absolutely never able to happen in any situation. So yeah, I'm not I don't mind fan. like the bears, like the ones that put the really bright right. circles. Right. That to me, because it's it's there, it's done, and you can move. I just like the worst for me, and I'm glad they're saying they're going to fix it is the cold dot one because I don't I never have been able to figure out why it does so much damage and for some reason it's always where I want loot and it is so annoying to just click outside of that and be like all right I'm just gonna because it it deals damage right away like on death effects that are delayed that you can get out of are one thing but ones that just pop up and are immediately dealing damage are horrendous yeah Mm -hmm. I don't like them yeah not a fan skills I love dominating blow but it's never suited my ability to play the game until they added controller support to pc it was something i could do on console but as a guide writer i always wanted to make sure that i could play my build or whoever else that plays like me could play on either platform so i always did everything based on keyboard and mouse right now the controller supports in the game my my mind's going a little bit more woo what can I do? Because I'm so used to nixing certain skills just because of the way that it would play on keyboard and mouse for me. So I love dominating blow. It's a minion skill that just like it copies minions. It's almost like specters, but it's temporary and you don't have to worry so much about it. And I absolutely love it. Uh, But it's 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 always been difficult for me to want to play dominating blow because I couldn't use the convoking wand with it. And there was no other and still isn't any other specific way to get a minion specific weapon i mean there's still stuff you could do with minion damage and stuff i know there's options but like for that extra bonus of extra modifiers you still can't use that with melee stuff so it's always been kind of a conflict for me it's not 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 a criticism it's just the conflict i know the build it's really strong it probably would be way too strong if you added an axe in the game that was also minion specific though i do think that would be pretty cool um, are there for either of you skills or like skill combinations that you've been wanting to try, but for some reason you feel like the game doesn't really adhere to that, that theory crafting desire you have? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the big one that I come back to like probably once every two months and I cannot make work without it feeling terrible is divine ire. I think that is for me, the, one of the coolest looking skills in the game it thematically is so cool like you just you charge up the skill and in theory the reason i keep wanting to make it work is i have spent so much of my poe life playing two button builds that i want a skill that can do dedicated that has like an aspect of it that's dedicated single target damage and an aspect of it that's dedicated like clear and so divine ire while you're charging it up you have this ball around you of that deals lightning damage around you and then you unleash it and it has legitimately really good single target but you cannot get the aoe big enough to realistically clear with it because i want to just be able to build up just enough damage so that when i dash around with it i can basically just tap the divine ire button and just that little charge will will clear and then be able to just basically focus fire bosses but the combination of the aoe the fact that it's a hand like a channeling skill you have to stand still for it gives me such strong like Dragon Ball Z vibes and it just it's really cool, but I just can't make it work without feeling terrible. And in a similar way, I really wanted this league to make uh, a trickster hand cast blazing salvo work because that skill also like is another one where you can it has a really cool element of it either gains or loses like the the basically the way that it fires is modified based on where your mouse is clicking when you do it it'll either fire in like a bigger or smaller spread yeah and it's very close to being workable 
but I really want to make that like a thing because it, it's a really cool skill. And it's in a similar vein of I want one skill that can do what I want for bossing and clearing. And a lot of them are just a little not uh, most of it. Most of the time, it's clear that ends up feeling bad. So, oh, OK, I was going to ask yeah. what the detail was. It, it's clear that, that yeah, it just feels point. it's just a little awkward to to shoot around and like to get the spacing that you need. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, there's probably ways to solve it, but it would take like like a lot of builds that have been kind of developed by the community it would take a couple people getting interested in it and kind of like bouncing ideas off each other it's hard to do like from blank from a blank slate in pob mm. and divine ire is limited to 20 people within the aoe too isn't it like I there's believe, not so there is a limit to how many it can hit i don't remember off the top of my head but yeah, yeah if it gets like too absurdly crowded in like a lead mechanic or a breach or something you could just have enemies that don't get hit as you go through gotcha I don't really have one. I, I want to do ground slam again. I'd love to play like, oh, I remember playing that way back in the day. That was like my go-to all the time. I love the big weapons, the two hands, but melee just doesn't feel super great. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but I can't say any particular reason. It just doesn't feel as good. doesn't feel as strong as other things that I could be doing. Cool. But it's my favorite skill in the game. Ground slam. Always really cool. has been. Nice. Mm -hmm. So this, this question here spawns from the change to exalts. Um, now that, well, here, here, let me, let me put it this way. Okay. Hang on. Let me you think about this. how you I want to put time. it this way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. To me, how loot drops and how the currency of path of exile works kind of conflict with each other in a way. So right now we have tons of items constantly dropping all the time, but we also have a lot of the easier modifiable currency dropping quite a lot as well so for example hmm, nope that's not a good way to put it okay to me the game at some point needs to be one or the other you have base types very rarely drop but you have a whole ton of chaos orbs as an example of one of the few you know orbs the, that we could talk about but then you have chaos orbs that could re-roll that base type lots so chaos orbs are quite common but you have pretty uncommon base types but they're all uncommon you're not getting a lot of drops and so the idea is that one of the things are common and one of them's quite rare or you have very common base types and you're constantly looking for that sweet drop but then you have something like exalted orbs that are a lot more common because then chaos orbs like to me right now chaos orbs you don't they're they're a waste. You, you you don't use them for anything outside of the crafting bench. Sometimes you'll do the kind of bit the chaos spamming, but you get so many items on the ground anyway that chaos orbs seem redundant. You know what I mean? To me, for chaos orbs to have value, you need to have very infrequent base type drops. Or if you're having frequent base type drops, chaos orbs are almost like don't have chaos orbs in the game, but have exalts drop just as common as chaos orbs because then you're trying to add on to what was dropped. Uh, I don't really know what my question is. Have you guys ever thought about that? Or would you have a preference? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, here's a question. I, I had it written down and I didn't even read it. What would you prefer? Would you prefer tons of currency to reroll a rare base type? Or would you, rare as in like uncommon? Or would you prefer tons of loot to check and then having something that just adds on to it? So I, I have ADHD pretty bad. And so sitting in a, like alt spamming something for more than 200 at a time, maybe I can't do it. Like I physically can't sit there and do it. Um, even if I'm like having other people to talk to like on stream, 
I've tried to do it before. The other night we had a, a ring. It was like a, a hunter base ring. I was going to, I had gathered up, I don't know, seven or 800 alterations and I was going to alt spam like despair on hit because I had a Verides veil. So I was like, I only need it to be magic. I don't need to hit anything good. All I have to do is sit here and just click the alteration button until I hit despair on hit. And I did like a hundred of it. And I was like, I'm going to die. Like I'm going to die. I can't sit here and do it. So long sessions of like just obscene amounts of currency that you just spam. It's like you just do it over and over and over and over until you get what you want. I just, I can't do it. So <laughs> that's not, that's definitely not my preferred thing would be just a ton of currency. And then the optimal way to, to do certain things is just to make the same move thousands of times until you hit that super low chance. That's never really been my style. I think that's also prevented me from making a lot of really powerful items or maybe maybe going quite as far as some people do, uh, particularly since I don't play in trade league. But yeah, I just can't, I can't do that with the high, like high amounts of currency and spamming stuff. I can't, I can't do it for longer than a few minutes. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I have no interest in spamming chaos. I remember doing it in the past, like way, way back. That was sort of like a, a reasonable way to get some resists or some life. Mm-hmm. Um, now I want to see less drops that are better. Yep. I just, I really want the idea of what they came out with that that's not coming, which is the loot 2.0. I want to know that that certain modifiers can't roll after a certain item level. I want to make sure that the drops, even if it doesn't work for me, I just, I would much rather see less loot on the ground, but know that that loot has a much, 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 much like infinitely higher percentage chance of at least having better modifiers or higher tier modifiers on it than it does right now. Cause that like currency is fun, but currency, it should be, like the add-on or the extra, like I'm taking it to the crafting bench or I'm going to slam it with an exalt because I've done something that maybe helps it out. I definitely don't want to craft all my gear with uh, alteration regal. Like that's just, I'm not into that. Um, But I would like to see less loot on the ground that I know is better. The only, the only issue that I have is like the way that some of the most popular, a very significant amount of the most powerful modifiers in the game, including several that are like build defining, Basically, you can't get the, like they're uh, either like influenced mods. That's influenced mods are a huge issue with ever finding an upgrade on the ground. Um, the ring I was just talking about is a good example. Like I, I have a Verides, so I want to have one of my rings be magic, which means I get I get a ring with despair on hit and life. That's it. And then the other ring, because I need so much with the other ring, the best way to do that is just to go to Rog and craft a super high resist or attribute ring with him. So I, I made a ring with Rog that has like, I think five tier one mods and one tier two mod. And now that I've put that on my character, like it could in theory be better because I think one of the mods is tier one, but it's not relevant to my character. So I put that in the other ring slot. And now at this point, I cannot find an upgrade. It's impossible for me to find an upgrade on the ground for my character. So I get that like in a sense, that's that's partially that's a good thing because you're trying to get to the point where you know your character's like, finished you you have like it's very rare for me to get to that point um but i think that's a long-term potential issue when so many mods that are build defining or super desirable are achieved in ways that realistically can't be found on the ground so right yeah that makes Mm -hmm. sense Hmm. did you have an opinion ty or what did you kind of say it in that roundabout way no i i didn't that was a really poorly worded question but you guys did answer it and i like (laughs) i thought you nailed it buddy no, thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing in front of the mirror. You don't even know. Um, <laughs> I, 
I don't like a crazy busy screen with loot, but I like the possibility of finding something relevant. So I like the dream of having a lot less loot, but having like we we've discussed like it sucks when you finally get that influenced item or you finally get that base type that you want and it rolls plus five life. Like that sucks. But to me, I also don't see a value in having any normal or magic items drop. If it if like you could still have normal and magic items, that's what your currency can provide for you. But to me, there's no point in anything dropping that isn't rare or unique. And so if you whittled down how infrequent the amount of drops are, and again, maybe there's just too many base types for it to actually be whittled down. So maybe that's the, the, a separate discussion that they have. But I don't mind the idea of having a ton of currency but very few base types if there's more control over the types of modifiers that can roll like let's say there's already 60 different modifiers that can roll on gloves okay if i'm rolling an item level 84 so i can guarantee that i'm at least as the, have the chance of t1 resist mods or something if i'm re-rolling some gloves that are item level 84 I'm fine if all of those, I'm fine to hit that quite a few times in hopes with a chaos orb if I'm, you know, t tier nine mods aren't an option. You know what I mean? Because there's still going to be so many circumstances where those gloves aren't going to work for me, even if there's a whole bunch of T3 mods on there, because of, you know, that's just how builds work, right? You have very specific focuses. Attack speed doesn't work for everybody, you know? So I do like that aspect of having a lot more currency and a lot less drops. Um, Obviously, lots of changes would have to happen to make that nice and accommodating and feel good. But yeah, I think I think that. But then also there's like eight crafting benches in the game, right? When you talk about the different NPCs that can modify your gear and the different like the what is it? The hoarder crafting station and yeah. then your own crafting bench. And so there's, you know, if you can get all that into one place, then I think the currency feels really good. I think one thing that would be absolutely awesome is if exalts were extremely common. If like you obviously have to fix how drops work so that there's not 10,000 on the screen, but if you had a way where drops were tempting and it's like, "Oh sweet, there's this. Let's see if I get that extra." Boom. Ah, I didn't get it. Boom, I didn't get it. Like not change how they function, but to me exalts should be really common. Really, really common. And then if you change how like you have that tier restriction, right, where a certain item level could only get, you know, a certain like, I don't know, item level 84 could only roll T5 and higher mods. Then all of a sudden you could have chaos orbs a lot less common. And then maybe re-rolling that is a lot more fun because you have the opportunity of getting something a little bit more decent. But anyway, like it's all mixed and mashed, but I prefer a much less uncluttered screen. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see, like I, I cannot stress enough how much I am not an engineer so programming wise I, I don't know how some of this would work but it is so weird that in like let's say you're in a tier 10 map or whatever you're in like a monster level 78 79 map the fact that like a short bow can drop at all is insane insane so either just remove just have a cutoff where it says you know if i'm in any monster zone like anything that's any item with a base type that's like 10 levels below the zone cannot drop. You still always have the option. Like uh, you can go back to the, I do this almost every league for a cold out character. You can go back to the coast and get an eye level two driftwood wand. If you want to try for the easiest, like plus one cold spam, but either just make it so they can drop. Or what I would love to see is some way of detecting if an item would drop. Like they do this with the, 
I'm hesitant to always talk about this system because I feel like it's so convoluted that if I get one thing wrong, I'm just going to get like absolutely destroyed. But the whole way the map entropy system works, why does that not work for items? Where, for instance, it goes, okay, I'm in a tier 10 map. So if a short bow would drop, instead, it doesn't drop. So the screen doesn't get filled up with a bunch of junk. And the next time any bow drops, the base type gets goes up one or at least has a chance to go up one so if a short a short bow and then a thicket bow would drop neither of them drop but then the next bow that drops is plus one you know the base type so similar to the way that they do the the map entropy system where it's just fewer items dropping and then when the items do drop it's better base types that you're more likely to want so i don't that's know if that's a really that's good idea possible but it clearly yeah. is because we do that with maps i'm just not sure if it would work with the items themselves so yeah Justin mm. and I have talked in the past about maybe getting rid of like the lower base type. So let's use Convoking Wand, for example, because they just added the, the bottom two mm -hmm. for that one as well. If you have a Convoking Wand, let's say, or Crusader Boots or whatever, but you only have like that one boot, but if they all can stop dro start dropping in Act 1, well, okay, because it's item level 5, it can only have this type of defense value or this value on its implicit, whereas if yeah. it's you know item level 25 okay now that's a little bit higher okay now it's item level this like if it was all tied to the item level you wouldn't need the garbage base types and they also they right. could even make them upgrade automatically because a lot of the base types are if you look at the like the models and everything they're direct like improvements on base type. like you go short bow thicket bow grow yeah. bow i think i think so why not just have one like you could whether you want to rename them to maybe like i don't know unpolished short bow regular short bow like quality short bow where you, you just when you find a short bow at level five you can use that bow and, and then at level 35 it just becomes a thicket bow and then becomes a growth bow. like sure yeah there's a lot of That's ways cool. that you could handle that because like you said with the minion wands they're just direct upgrades to each other so why not just have them directly upgrade like there's there's a lot of mm -hmm. ways to handle it which again means that that's a lot of things for them to consider but there just seem to be a lot of viable options yeah another one justin came up with this one i think um have one base type per class but then you have an item that you can use that re-rolls the implicit and then based on the implicit that rolls it kind of changes the look or the skin and then you get you know your different type of bow with whether it's attack speed or movement speed right. then you get your different kind of shield so there's there's like a a base type style orb that you can roll to get the implicit that you want and then when you're on the screen there's just like okay a bow dropped awesome now i have a whole bunch of these orbs to try and get the implicit i want awesome for this build this is the bow that i want so i got that and then you yeah. have your other items to start building it off and that was a cool idea too a lot, lot of a lot of really neat options hey yeah hey? <laughs> yeah we'll see what they do just a lot of Anything things to take up developer time yeah that's right. Anything you're hoping for in 320? I any anything that's even remotely in the realm of simplification, whether that means combining league mechanics. We've talked about this a fair bit on my stream. I think there are a lot of league mechanics that either thematically or the way that they play are similar enough that they could be maybe even conveniently lore wise rolled together. Like to me, there's no reason Cassia couldn't control both abysses and uh, blights because they do this. They're just tendrils that shoot out all over the ground like so some of the just some of the simplification would be huge um anything to make that that learning curve smoother 
and just make the like like we just talked about with the items any improvements to the way that they drop the way that the the crafting system works i mean i don't have any specific league plans i'd like to see uh i'd like to see them actually literally do a boat league just so bex doesn't feel like she has to keep teasing it for the rest of her life i feel like that's that's going from a joke to a burden at some point so maybe a boat league but you know um i'm up for i'm up for most things i, I don't really usually have any issues what's your plans for the rest of this league um i really want to get to the end game so the the side effect the biggest side effect of working on guides for new players is that whenever i reach the point where i feel like a new player would reach i tend to start working on the next one so that means like for me i've played thousands i don't know what the number would be hundreds or thousands of hours i play more than almost everyone like i'm up in that top two or one percent of playtime but i've never even gotten to one of the new uber bosses because i just have been working on new player guides so like i i would like to push through to further end game content um but it's also one of those things where this is my fun creative outlet now and i just if i don't if i want to have fun whatever that ends up being so uber bosses sound fun but if i don't get to them i'm gonna have fun either way so i'm just gonna keep playing cool nice if uh people want to watch you stream do you have a schedule or do you just do it when you want yeah or what are you doing? um it, it's still the same schedule it was before um like i haven't changed the nights or anything which has been good for most of the people that are already there but yeah tuesdays thursdays and sundays i tend to go i tend to go live around like around 8 39 eastern so three nights a week right? yes yep sweet all right we'll make sure we link your information you. uh down below thanks for hanging out with us today do you want to hang out for after dark oh yeah yeah i'm in let's do it i got some vr golf questions for I'm you i'm in for sure I've been holding on to them. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot for hanging out with us for episode 155, man. It was awesome. Thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. This has been Forever Exiled, the 155. I'm Justin AK Tags. Tyler Record of Days. And again, our awesome guest, Shaq Central. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. You can find Shaq's information down below. We've got a website as well down below, foreverxl.com. We're on Twitter, foreverxl82. We have a Discord that you can pop in and have some fun. And Patreon and other ways to support the podcast are down below. Patreons will catch you in After Dark. Everybody else will see you next week in 156. Bye-bye. Clothing optional, Shaq, for After Dark. Clothing optional. That works. I kind of already half went there with the tank top. It's just so hot here. And Tyler was stripping in the middle yeah. of it. So. <laughs>